It's hard to say when something is a best practice, but it's much easier to know when something is a great practice. And that's what this podcast is all about. Interviews with PMO and project management leaders who, through years of trial and error, have discovered their own great practices and are now sharing their insights with you. Now, sit back and enjoy the conversation as Jhansi Vijayarajan uncovers another great practice in this episode. Welcome all to the second episode of Great Practices Podcast. I'm super, super excited to be part of podcast of The PMO Leader. Between myself and Chris Kopp, we'll be splitting the host duties of Great Practices, where each one of us is going to come with a new episode about every month or so. So what's Great Practices all about? Every way of doing things relates back into project management or PMO. And doing things differently, that seems workable and tangible that provides concrete success. And that's probably you have seen enough to be able to see as great practices. The podcast is all about engaging the audience by talking with PMO practitioners and PMO experts while I'm uncovering the framework, processings, tools and techniques, and tricks of the trade, which makes the job easier. On this episode, Mike Frenet from Nova Scotia is going to talk on building PMO from ground up and how to create meaningful dashboards to build a strategic roadmap. I'm sure that you will enjoy this session as we speak about great practices. So if you've got a great practice that you want to share, so why wait? Be on the spotlight and be our guest speaker. And here's what you need to do. Go to thepmoleader.com and click on community, click on Great Practices Podcast and scroll down to the bottom of the page and you will find a form ready to be filled out. So either me or Chris will reach out with you. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as well, you can subscribe to listen in to future and the past episodes. Um, just remember, you can be a member of thepmoleader.com with absolutely no cost. We are also available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so you won't miss the episodes. With no further ado, let's speak with Mike to share his view on PMO dashboards and how PMO helps to drive the strategic roadmap. Mike, um, we appreciate to be our guest speaker and thanks for accepting the invite and we are glad that you're here. Mike, you want to tell us uh, what you were and what you do? Sure. I uh, run the project management office uh, for a utility in Halifax, uh, Nova Scotia, in Canada. And I built the uh, PMO from the ground up, along with the help of a lot of talented uh, individuals. That's awesome. Um, so from your perspective, what do you think, uh, what's your definition of PMO? Yeah, so as most people probably know, there is no one single definition of a PMO. Um, it's one of those terms that has been uh, bandied about for a couple of decades now, uh, and it ends up being whatever a person wants it to be. And that could range uh, from uh, an organization that sets standards for managing projects 
to an organization that sets standards for managing portfolios, programs, and projects, to maybe even an organization that uh, houses uh, all of the staff uh, who execute projects, all of the project managers, the business analysts, even the technical people. So it goes from one end of the spectrum uh, to the other. The, uh, the project management office I'm now managing is the latter one that I mentioned. Uh, everyone who is executing projects for information technology in Halifax Water reports through the PMO. And the PMO sets the standards as well and deals with the executives delivering a, a portfolio of uh, programs and projects that uh, probably has about 55 uh, projects that we'll do over a five to seven year period. I have created other project management offices in the past, uh, one for a consulting firm, and it was essentially a collection of tools, best practices, templates, uh, which we also have with the current PMO that I manage, but it is a, a rather small part of the PMO uh, in comparison. That, that sounds interesting. So you did uh, say about um, setting up standards and um, also delivering uh, projects and maintaining the portfolio. Um, so can you talk about more about um, how does the methods, tools, uh, how do you arrive at creating these? Sure. Uh, so it's really important to start with a solid foundation. And I uh, would expect that most people are familiar with the Project Management Institute and the Project Management Body of Knowledge, along with all the disciplined agile methods and so on uh, that have come out recently. Uh, PMI has been around for uh, many, many years now. I think it was 1967 uh, they were created, if I have my year right. Uh, and there are many, many methods for managing projects uh, that are useful uh, in their body of knowledge. Uh, I started with that for our PMO at Halifax Water. But you can't just take methods, tools, and processes from the PMBOK and expect that to work in any organization. Uh, you have to take the culture and the processes of the organization related to many aspects of uh, portfolio program and project management uh, that may uh, not be in the uh, PMBOK or may need more uh, specifics in order for it to work. So essentially, we took uh, the PMI methodologies and we interleaved that with Halifax Water methods uh, and processes to come up with a set of methods. We uh, placed that into something we call the PPM repository, which is probably not a very user-friendly name for those of us who are, are not into project management. Uh, but it's a, it's a pictorial representation of uh, the overall, uh, it's actually a, a wheel that has uh, 10 slices in it. And the legend on the right uh, correlates with each slice. So you may have, you know, slice one is uh, the project initiation, slice five might be chartering the project, six might be uh, planning the project. 10 uh, might be closing the project. So when you click on uh, any segment or pie slice uh, in the wheel, you end up uh, at a subscreen uh, that uh, tells you why you're doing this, who should be doing it and so on, and supplies uh, processes, tools and templates along with samples 
that are very specific to that uh, segment of the PPM repository wheel. Uh, in addition to that, there's a checklist uh, that project managers can use uh, that contains a list of triggers. So when a certain thing happens in a project, uh, here's uh, where you should go uh, in the PPM repository. Here's what you should be doing and so on. So those two things uh, lay out processes, tools, templates, uh, and samples, uh, along with explanations of what everything is all about uh, for uh, project managers. Uh, this uh, PPM repository was created uh, with the participation of many of the project managers who were hired uh, into the PMO. And we purposefully looked for very experienced project managers. Uh, most of them are credentialed uh, with uh, PMP designation, uh, but it's the experience that matters. Uh, it's great if they have the PMP because uh, then they're all speaking the same terms. Uh, but uh, deep experience uh, and a record of success is what matters. And that's how we populated the staff uh, in the PMO, along with uh, other uh, positions, like I mentioned earlier. So that's essentially uh, what we did there uh, with the PPM repository. That uh, was one of the first projects to go, of course, uh, and everybody's bought into it. Everybody uses it. And this is how we run our projects. Um, along with that, uh, we defined uh, a place where people uh, should store information about their projects. So it's like the old project notebook, uh, a place that's specific to the project and everything about the project is stored there. Uh, and uh, it's, it's web-based. In our case, we use SharePoint. You could use anything you wanted to to do that. But the idea is that if you wanted to know uh, what the project charter said for a project, you'd know exactly to go uh, where to go to find it. Uh, if you wanted to know what the schedule was for the project, you'd know right where to go to find that. Um, and in addition to that, we used uh, MS Project Server. We set up uh, Project Server and shortly migrating to Project Online. Uh, so uh, project plans are loaded there, which provides a lot of opportunity for integration between projects, which I'll talk about a little bit later uh, in another topic. So that's where we went. Uh, that set the PMO uh, up for success in terms of methods, processes, templates, uh, and so on. Sounds and, interesting, Mike. Um, mm -hmm. So you didn't mention about methods, tools, and processes, what's out there in PMBOK. But you also looked at how to interleave them with respect to cultural and processes. That works best for Halifax. Yeah, very important to do that. Uh, an example of that is a uh, funding process. Uh, every organization will have a different funding process. And in the case of Halifax Water, it has to do with capital budgeting, uh, approval by a regulatory agency, uh, approval by the general manager that the funds which were approved by the regulatory agency can now be spent um, and uh, associating that with a project budget so that you've got a basis for uh, scope management, change control, and so on. So that's uh, one example uh, of interleaving uh, the culture of an organization and the processes of an organization with uh, PMI processes. Um, so I'm just uh, thinking, as you start building PMO, you look at having the right set of talents uh, by hiring experienced PM experts. 
um, who comes with experiences. Um, so trying to understand more around it, um, 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 uh, what is the criteria that you would look at excellence around these hirings? Well, it's really around track record. Uh, people need to have managed uh, projects successfully. Uh, they need to have, uh, you know, five years of experience at least managing projects. And this, you know, this is what we were looking for. Uh, we put out a request for proposal. We hired in quite a number of consultants. We hired BAs and PMs. Uh, and the technical people we hired as we needed them. Uh, we set up uh, questions for the interview to basically uh, check uh, experiences. Uh, we got references as well. Uh, and we you know, looked for people who were uh, PMPs, uh, but we did uh, interview a few who were not PMPs who just showed uh, stellar performance when it comes to um, you know, being successful in their projects. So it's very important to know uh, what it is you need uh, and to hire and uh, interview to that, which is what we did. So I'm very pleased with the team of people that we had. It makes things a, a lot easier. I should say a team of people that we have because this PMO is still in progress. We're about three years uh, into the five-year plan, which is soon to become a seven or eight-year uh, plan or roadmap, as we call it. Trying to understand a bit more um, around, um, uh, can you actually tell us more about um, the PMO roadmap or when you try yes, to yes. build the PMO? Now, can you talk a bit around the portfolio, how it is being managed? Yeah. Well, first of all, let's talk about how the portfolio was created in the first place. Uh, it's really important to get the business involved in creating a portfolio of projects. A lot of IT shops are thrashing around. They're uh, reactive. They're solving problems. Uh, they have a squeaky wheel syndrome where someone who... Uh, yells the loudest, gets, uh, gets the attention and gets the resources. And, you know, that's not a good situation to be in. Uh, far better to take a strategic approach to work with the executive of the organization and say, okay, uh, what, what is your strategy? How can IT help you realize your strategy? Now let's look at each business unit in the organization and come up with programs and projects that will be tied tightly to the strategy. And that's exactly what we did uh, at Halifax Water. Uh, we brought uh, all of the executives together into facilitated sessions. Uh, this went on for a number of months, probably six or eight months. Uh, and uh, a strategic plan for IT uh, was created and a roadmap of programs and projects was created. So if you could picture a Gantt chart and on the Gantt chart, rather than having tasks from a project plan, what you have are projects within programs and programs within a portfolio, uh, a number of portfolios all related to the business. Uh, that was the roadmap. Uh, it was worth about $50 million uh, over five years. So it was uh, for us, that's uh, a fair size. I, I realize we're not a huge organization. Uh, for some, that might be one project. Uh, but for us, <laughs> it was a lot of projects. And uh, the fact that it aligned uh, strategically with what was required by the organization is what I think has given us quite a bit of success, success over the last uh, three years. That and continuous engagement 
of the executive, uh, many of whom are on steering committees and all of whom are on something we call the Information Technology Strategic Planning Committee. Uh, and we meet uh, once a month to review uh, portfolio progress, which is another topic we'll talk about. Certainly, Mike, um, um, it's, it's, a, it's a great topic um, um, to talk on strategic planning and um, one created for IT. Um, the counter that you created, um, so are you a person who likes more on recording or do you like dashboards? What is the uh, type of uh, reporting or the dashboard that executives consume a lot? Yeah, it's it's like anything. Uh, you use the best tool for the job. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, dashboards, uh, but we do have some reports that go out. Uh, for example, if you need a report of who charged what time to uh, to a work order, uh, you're not going to put that on a dashboard. So if someone needs that, uh, you make it available. Maybe it's an emailed report. Maybe it's a series of reports that are posted somewhere. And we do have reports, but nobody prints them. Uh, you know, they, they exist uh, on disk drives or on SharePoint sites. Uh, and they're usually in a, in a place where uh, everybody can see them. Uh, so no one prints those things out. So I, I just wanted to define what I mean by a report. Uh, but largely, our stuff is mostly electronic, and it's mostly created uh, as a result of running the project, uh, or at least the information in the dashboard uh, is easily uh, added by the project manager because that's the way they manage their project. Um, so we have something we call the project's dashboard. And uh, every month uh, I remind the executive team that the dashboard is there and that it is now up to date. Uh, while we do status reporting and updating of the dashboard every two weeks, uh, we just remind the executives about it uh, once a month. And there are key performance indicators in there, along with some tombstone data. Uh, for example, the name of the project, uh, the date it started, the date it's expected to be finished, the budget of the project, how much of the budget has already been spent, uh, a little graph of that uh, so that you don't have to read numbers to figure out where you are. You can see a little thermometer of the money being spent beside the name of the project and a lot of key performance indicators that are red, yellow, or green, hopefully mostly yellow and green, uh, not red, but we do have uh, red indicators now and again, which is uh, the purpose of managing a project and the purpose of having a PMO. That is, if something requires attention, if something is in trouble, uh, the best thing you can do is uh, let everybody know about that. Uh, so red indicators are on our dashboard and it's not seen as a problem. It's seen as a, commu a communication that's necessary. So uh, that's basically the dashboard, but it, it's, a, it's a linked dashboard. For example, if you click on the project name, you get to a page that tells you about the project, uh, who's on the team. Uh, if you want to see the project site where everything is stored about the project, you can click on a link there uh, in that project 
uh, description. If you want to see the latest status report for the project, you can click on a link in there. And yes, it goes to a report, but it's not one that's printed. Uh, and it correlates uh, with uh, all of the key performance indicators. So if there's something that's red in the dashboard, it'll be red in the status report along with an explanation of why it's red. Uh, so a lot of people will click on the uh, status report when they see an indicator that's not green to find out why it's not green. Um, so these these reports are there, they underlie everything, uh, along with all the information about projects. So uh, two pieces to the dashboard, active projects on the top and projects that are upcoming on the bottom. Uh, so all uh, of the portfolio of programs and projects exist uh, in the dashboard and relate to the roadmap uh, directly. Um. So we talked about reports and dashboards, how it's been managed and what are the key KPI indicators. So how do you really see reports and dashboard as a whole? I see your team works on both reports and dashboards. Do you get um, high visibility just by producing more dashboards or by working on more reports? Well, the, the main entry into the visibility of progress of projects and programs in the portfolio is the dashboard. Uh, but it's, it's basically one page. So all of the information that we wish to display at that high level in the dashboard is there. Uh, the up-to-date information on the details of the project is there by clicking on the links, getting into the project sites. That's also high visibility, but it's only high visibility once you click on it. So it's, it's, a, it's a drill down type of feature. Uh, so everything about the project is highly visible. All the documents produced, uh, any reports, deliverables, uh, uh, risk. We've got risk logs, issue logs, decision logs. Um, we have uh, requirements uh, matrices in the project site and so on. So anything that you need to know about the project is there on the project site. And uh, once again, it's not highly visible immediately, but as soon as you click on it, uh, you can find it. Uh, there is a, a folder, a library and folder structure. Uh, that you might need to be a little bit aware of in order to easily find things. Uh, although I, I must say we are moving to uh, are moving away from libraries and folders and into uh, lists with sorting and filtering uh, capability and document types and information types and that sort of thing, which makes it a little easier to find what you need to find uh, in the project site. I really like the way you build the PMO and uh, getting uh, the visibility from executive management. That's been a, a key factor, especially when you're building PMO. Um, so talking about um, uh, resources, um, you did mention about how a hiring needs to be done, how effectively. Um, how do you really relate um, uh, managing resources, dependencies, and can you tell us more about it? Uh, sure. So uh, we use uh, Project Server. Uh, so we have everyone on all of the projects in an enterprise resource pool. That enterprise resource pool is where the project schedules using MS Project draw their resources. Uh, because we're a relatively small shop with some 
uh, very specific talents, there are a lot of shared resources. Uh, plus our project managers generally manage more than one project. Business analysts are on more than one project and so on. Technical resources, they're all shared. So uh, every two weeks, we actually look in Project Center and we use the graphing capability of Project Center, which will tell us given groups of certain resources, for example, business analysts, uh, how they're deployed. Uh, the thing that we pay the most attention to is when they're over allocated, of course. So each project manager allocates resources in their project schedule and then they load it to Project Center. Uh, this puts it into Project Center's project dashboard where we can see a list of all projects in play. And then we can click on the uh, resourcing function and see whatever group of resources we want to in a graphical format. Um, that clearly shows where resource source that's over allocated, uh, what that person's project assignments are. Uh, all of the project managers are in this meeting at that time. So if we see that a particular project requires more of a certain resource, uh, then the, the discussion can be had at that time of uh, you know how solid is the resource allocation in the project? Is there some leeway? Uh, can we do uh, some moving out of some tasks to a later a week or month to uh, allow some slack for that resource to work on a project that requires the resource uh, on uh, critical tasks and so on? So uh, those sort of resource dependencies uh, come to light when you're dealing with projects that are in a portfolio and you're using shared resources. Of course, you can also have task dependencies. Um, we don't generally have a lot of those. Uh, usually it's a resource dependency, but of course with, uh, with Project Server, it just happens to be the tool we're using. I'm not pushing Project Server here or MS Project, whatever tool you need for your PMO is what you should use. And often that's whatever, what, what your organization happens to, happens to have. So uh, we happen to have MS Project and uh, we installed MS uh, Project Server uh, just for the PMO. So you can have uh, inter-task dependencies where the tasks are in multiple projects, or you can have uh, resource dependencies uh, where that is all brought together because of the use of the enterprise resource pool. So that's how we use Project Server in, uh, in a nutshell. Sounds good. Um, so Mike, we did touch upon on a lot of different topics, um, talked about how PMO has been built with multiple projects, managing the portfolio. We talked about a strategic roadmap and also um, in terms of how dashboards has been important. So as I actually listened back to our conversation, there are a couple of great practices that I'm actually going to take away from this. So what I actually uh, can understand is the importance of executive management, um, especially while you're building a PMO. And it's also important that you have the right talents, hiring the talented staffs and the consultants, and um, also having a frequent connections with executives and the management. And it's also really, really important that there is a visibility, high visibility on projects and the KPIs and the progress are reported into a dashboards. Yes, those are uh, some of the points that uh, are important when setting up a project management office. 
uh, in the end, you have to know how to measure success. Uh, this is something I didn't really touch much on, but it's not about the project deliverables. It's about the outcome of the projects. It's about meeting the business objectives and realizing the business benefits that you define upfront when you're doing your strategic roadmap. If you don't realize the benefits, then you've achieved nothing. You must realize the benefits. And part of what we do, uh, because benefits are often achieved after a project ends, sometimes years after, uh, is we nominate a benefits owner uh, so that benefits are tracked uh, and uh, realized, or if they're not realized, then everybody knows about it. And everybody knows that's coming up. So defining the benefits, defining the benefits owner and tracking them after the end of the project, really important. Uh, one other measure of success is what your executive uh, team has to say uh, about the project management office. Uh, and I always remember one quote, I use this a lot, from the general manager uh, who was reviewing uh, a project management plan, or perhaps it was a project charter. Uh, he was quite impressed with the way the document was put together. And this is the quote that I like to uh, iterate many times. Uh, he said, uh, I have not seen a, such a well-written document. I would not change a single letter. And I think that's a testament to the care uh, that the team put into the quality of their work. That's amazing. That's a great, great work. Mm -hmm. Yep, very proud of that. Yeah, yeah. Indeed, yes, I cannot deny any, any anymore. It was a well said, um, the way how PMW has been built. Um, like, like we started the conversation, yes, the way things make it easier for you, what makes the great practices. Um, I think you, you said it well, and I believe that um, uh, this podcast really helps. Um, not just the methods and tools and process, it's all about how you uh, curate um, um, how, what works for your organization matters a lot, and that's how you make any PMO a successful one. That in alignment with the business strategy through the executive team. Uh, you can manage a project using all the tools and templates you want and do a fantastic job of it. But if you haven't aligned with the strategy the organization, it's all for naught. Absolutely, yes. No doubt about it. And that's one, that's one of the suggestions that I would actually take this as a takeaway part of from this conversation. But Mike, that was a great talk. I really enjoy talking to you. And we appreciate Mike for being on the show. So once, once again, and if you want to be our guest, please go to thepmoleader.com, click on community, click on the PMO Leader podcast, scroll down to the bottom of the page to fill out a form to let us know what you are interested to talk on. Um, to bring the change, be a catalyst. Until then, Jansi signing off. Have a great rest of the month. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.